0: appearance of a friend for all that the two men put the greatest store by these excursions counted them the chief jewel of each week and not only set aside occasions of pleasure but even resisted the calls of business that they might enjoy them uninterrupted it chanced on one of these rambles that their way led them down a by-street in a busy quarter of london the street was small and what is called quiet but it drove a thriving trade on the weekdays. The inhabitants were all doing well, it seemed, and all emulously hoping to do better still, and laying out the surplus of their grains in coquetry, so that the shopfront stood along that thoroughfare with an air of invitation like rows of smiling saleswomen. Even on Sunday, when it veiled its more florid charms and lay comparatively empty of passage, the street shone out in contrast to its dingy neighbourhood, like a fire in a forest, and with its freshly painted shutters, well-polished brasses, and general cleanliness and gaiety of note, instantly caught and pleased the eye of the passenger. Two doors from one corner, on the left hand going east, The line was broken by the entry of a court, and just at that point a certain sinister block of building thrust forward its gable on the street. It was two stories high, showed no window, nothing but a door on the lower story, and a blind forehead of discoloured wall on the upper, and bore in every feature the marks of prolonged and sordid negligence. The door which was equipped with neither bell nor knocker, was blistered and disdained. Tramps slouched into the recess and struck matches on the panels. Children kept shop upon the steps. The schoolboy had tried his knife on the mouldings, and for close on a generation, no one had appeared to drive away these random visitors or to repair their ravages. Mr. Enfield and the lawyer were on the other side of the by-street, but when they came abreast of the entry, the former lifted up his cane and pointed. "'Did you ever remark that door?' he asked, and when his companion had replied in the affirmative, "'It is connected in my mind,' added he, "'with a very odd story.' "'Indeed,' said Mr. Utterson with a slight change of voice. "'And what was that?' "'Well, it was this way, returned Mr. Enfield. I was coming home from some place at the end of the world, about three o'clock of a black winter morning, and my way lay through a part of town where there was literally nothing to be seen but lamps. Street after street, and all the folks asleep. Street after street, all lighted up as if a procession, and all as empty as a church. Till that last. I got into that state of mind when a man listens and listens and begins to long for the sight of a policeman. All at once I saw two figures—one a little man who was stumping along eastward at a good walk, and the other a girl of maybe eight or ten who was running as hard as she was able down a cross street. Well, sir, the two ran into one another, naturally enough, at the corner. And then came the horrible part of the thing. For the man trampled calmly over the child's body and left her screaming on the ground. It sounds nothing to hear, but it was hellish to see. It wasn't like a man. It was like some damned juggernaut. I gave a few hollers and took to my heels, collared my gentleman, and brought him back to where there was already quite a group about the screaming child. He was perfectly cool and... "'made no resistance, but gave me one look so ugly "'that it brought out the sweat on me like running. "'The people who had turned out were the girl's own family, "'and pretty soon the doctor for whom she had been sent "'put in his appearance. "'Well, the child was not much the worse, "'more frightened, according to the sore bones. "'There you might have supposed would be an end to it. "'But there was one curious circumstance.' I had taken a loathing to my gentleman at first sight. So had the child's family, which was only natural. But the doctor's case was what struck me. He was the usual cut-and-dry apothecary of no particular age and colour with a strong Edinburgh accent and about as emotional as a bagpipe. Well, sir, he was like the rest of us. Every time he looked at my prisoner, I saw that Sawbones turned sick and white with a desire to kill him. I knew-